What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lead360 Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Waite, and it's a pleasure to be on with you on this journey as you grow to reach your full potential as a leader, both personally and professionally. Uh, if this is your first time joining the show, welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, click the subscribe button and let me know where you're tuning in from. If you're listening to Spotify, Apple, iTunes, whatever it is that you listen to, uh, click down in the show notes because there's a PDF that accompanies uh, this episode. Uh, one thing I did was create a PDF to help you kind of solidify the points that we're going to talk about today. And also, um, as we dive into today's material, there's going to be a masterclass coming up in a few weeks. And once you get your PDF, I'll notify you um, of the class uh, as it comes up uh, in a few in a few weeks. And I want like to have you join us, a group of growth-minded individuals, as we talk about this book, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen. And... Today's episode comes from that book as I'm diving in there, as I'm reading this, rereading it. It's one of those books where you can read it in an hour and study it for a lifetime. And it's one of the few books that I go to and revisit every year. And just really, you know, when I'm dealing with a lot, because as many of you probably know, this isn't my full-time job. Like I don't sit here in my office and play on social media all day. I got a real career um, in the military. I'm a naval officer. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a leader. Uh, I speak, coach, and train people all over the world. And I'm a one-man show. I don't have a production team. This is me going from scratch, you know, from start to finish, uh, because I truly love this, and I truly believe in every one of you that are watching this, because I know that if I can go from, you know, starting from the bottom, being at, at, at rock bottom, and getting to where I'm at today, and continuing to climb, then I know you can too. So no matter where you are right now, where you're watching from, understand that I don't have it all figured out. I'll never try to tell you or preach what I don't practice. And one thing that I do is I share with you in real time the leadership struggles that I have. Um, you know, every day is a challenge, and it should be because if you're not challenged, there is no change. And without change, there is no growth. And without growth, there is no purpose. And I want you to to just let, let you know if you're watching this for the first time, welcome. But this is something that I do on my own time and my own dime. So I'll never sell you anything. I'll never, you know, have advertisements on here. That's not the way I roll. Um, frankly, I don't need it. So welcome. And, I, and it's a pleasure to have you. So if you're first time tuning in, hit the subscribe button, join us. It'd be an honor to be on this journey with you. So today, what I want to talk about is from the book, James Allen, As a Man Thinketh. And in this book, in the beginning, he talks about they themselves are the makers of themselves by the virtue of thoughts they which which they choose and encourage and you know the first time i read this i was in a victim mentality you know at that time in my life i would i was blaming my father for you know being a drug addict and leaving when i was a, at a young age i was blaming my mom because of you know the mental health case that she was and for you know all the things that she didn't do for us and you know i had a pretty bad upbringing you know i i, I was you know dealt a less than favorable hand and many would say that you know i probably shouldn't be where i'm at today and they would be right for a long time i didn't believe that and every time that things went wrong in my life i was looking for somebody to blame I would walk around like, who's the matter with me? And maybe you've felt that way too. Maybe you haven't got ahead in life. And as a result, you're looking around and trying to figure out who's the problem. And I would have you consider that when I read this line, they themselves are the maker of themselves. I didn't want to believe that my circumstances and my situation were a product of my thinking, that I was the problem. And it only was until I took ownership and said, I am the problem and I am always the solution. You know, 
throughout my life, I would like to say that, you know, I, I got rid of the victim mentality at the age of 18, but I didn't. You see, after the age of 18, we are adults. We have a conscious thought process that allows us to make choices. Now, whether they're good or bad is up to us. You know, Les Brown says, everybody's self-made. Only the successful will admit it. I didn't want to admit that I was failing at life, not because of my parents, not because of my situation. Yeah, I might have had a bad upbringing. Yeah, I might have had a less than favorable hand. But now it came time for me to take ownership. And you'll hear me say this from time to time, that it may have not been your fault, but it always it always is your responsibility. And for, my, for me, I had to accept responsibility for why my life wasn't playing out the way that it should. I would see people that were less skilled than me. They were you know, less educated than me. They, were less, they weren't working as hard as me. They were no more qualified in life than me, but yet they would get ahead. Why was that? Well, a lot of it had to do with this victim mentality. James Allen says, by virtues of the thoughts which they choose and they encourage. You see, contrary to popular belief, I had a lot of negative thinking, and I would think the worst case scenario. My, my mantra actually was, um, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Let me tell you what. When you prepare for something, especially the worst, I hope you're ready because it's going to come. When you're already thinking about how bad things could be, you're never going to get your mindset ready for the good that's going to come into your life. You'll miss opportunities left to right, and that's exactly what I did. I had opportunities to do so many great things, and I've done a, some amazing things. Don't get me wrong, but at this time in my life, you know, I was probably 22, 23, 24 years old. I was a grown man. At least I thought I was. On the outside, in the physical, I was a grown man, but my brain was still thinking like a child. And looking back at that, Prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. Hope is not a strategy. If somebody tells you to hope for the best, you need to get new friends. You see, hope is not a strategy. You have to take action. You create the circumstances by your thoughts and then your actions. Everything in this world is created twice. The pen that I'm holding in my hand was once a thought, and then somebody said, huh, let's go ahead and make a writing instrument that people can put their thoughts on the paper. How about that? And here we are with the pen. The bottle of water that's sitting on my desk was once a thought. Somebody had a thought of maybe what, what if we had clean water for drinking water? What if we took sources from the earth, distilled it or filtered it, and made it into drinkable water? And in fact, you can look at some other countries. I've been to 20-something different countries now through the military, and I've been to places where there wasn't any clean drinking water. And that is because the level of awareness in those countries are not to the level of creation or the resources aren't there to create. But you and I, if you're watching this, you and I have every resource to achieve what it is that we want in this life, to create a life that we'll be proud of one day. But at the age of 24, there I was creating the same problems over and over and over again. And I would ask myself this question, why does this happen to me? Life is not fair. Those are all victim mentality thinking. That's all victim mentality words. Life never happens to you. It never happens to us. It's always happening for us. But when we're stuck in this victim mentality, this victim cycle, we would believe that everything's happening to us, that we're just an effect of everything in life. Like we're, Life's just handing us a shit sandwich and it's our job to take a bite. How many of you know that you can go into the kitchen of life and make you a new sandwich, a success sandwich? And it all starts with your thinking. They themselves are the makers of themselves by virtue of the thoughts which they choose 
in which they encourage. You know, at that time, I was encouraging the negative thoughts. I was encouraging the thoughts to say, who do you think you are? Remember where you came from. They don't pick people like you. You'll never be anything. You'll never amount to anything. You're just like your father. That's what I was told growing up. You'll never amount to anything. You just got to play the hand that you were dealt. I had a 1.8 GPA in high school. Do you think that I, I believe that I was smart enough to go off to college and get my degree in nursing, to get my master's in business administration, to finish my master's in nursing education? Not a chance. Because every time that I tried, I got started, that little thought process, you're not smart enough. You're dumb and stupid. Like Nobody in your family's graduated college. You have no proof. And I would, defeat, I would be defeated before I even got started. All because of the thoughts that I believed true about myself. You see... We learn two ways and we create beliefs two ways. Patterns of repetition and sudden emotional impact. And when we tell ourselves things over and over and over again, we begin to believe that it's true. When somebody tells you something over and over again, you begin to look for proof on why it is true. And whenever I used to tell myself that I'm not smart enough, that I'll never be enough, that I'll never have enough, um, I, I would say that over and over every single day, not vocally, but internally. And guess what? I would go and find proof of how it was true. And if I couldn't find proof, I would make proof. I would turn down the opportunities to promote and to progress in my career. I would, you know, fail in my relationships, not because um, of the other person, but because of my own thought process. I would self-sabotage in every area of my life. And looking back on it now, I always think, man, I could have been so further ahead to where I'm at today. But you know what? I had to go through it so that I can get to it. Because now my life is good. My life is great. I got a beautiful wife. I got two beautiful boys. I'm progressing in my career. I'm helping a lot of people all over the world. But what you see is a a, a 10-year process. And it all began with the internal thinking process, the internal thought process. And so today what I want to do is I want to share with you kind of how this works and how this creative process, you know, it happens. And if you download the PDF uh, below, it'll walk you through the steps of the, of the, of the creative process. Because the op- other option of that, and what I did for so many years was, I was stuck in this recreation progress process, meaning I would recreate the problems in my life. I would just re- recreate what I was given. You know, people are like, you're just like your father. Well, you know, when I was drinking all the time and I was, you know, angry all the time and I would just run away from my problems, they're right. I was just like my father. I was just following the, the, the examples that I was given. But you don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We can make the, cho- uh, the conscious decision. By the thoughts that we choose and encourage, we can literally change the trajectory of our life. And I've seen it over and over again, not only in my own life, but other people's life that I've helped and that I've walked through you know, different frameworks. But no matter where you are right now, you can start to change how you operate. And when you change the way you think, then you begin to change the feelings you have about yourself, the beliefs you have about yourself. And when you change your belief, you change your behavior. And remember, nothing changes until you change. Nothing changes until you take action. And so, you know, after the age of 18, like I said, we, we all make these, we have the conscious decision to make choices. You're, you're a grown up now. And for me, when I was 18, you know, I made the choice to leave home. And I was, you know, kind of living on the streets for a year and a half before I joined the military. But that was a choice that I made because of my circumstances and my situations. The other option was to stay put and just continue to deal with the, the, the abuse. Continue to go down the wrong path. Continue to, you know, be a product of my circumstances, a product of my environment. And let me tell you, it wasn't much. 
But making that one choice, as scary as it was, as hard as it was, as painful as it was, it allowed me to start looking at things a little differently. And now I look back and say, man, that stuff never happened to me. It happened for me because if it didn't happen, if I didn't get, you know, get a punch in the face on my graduation night, if I didn't choose to leave home and live on, you know, live from couch to couch and live on the streets for a year and a half, I would have never joined the military. If I wouldn't have joined the military, I would have never worked with the president of the United States. If I, if I, if, if I didn't go through it, I would never get to it and where I'm at today. I would have never been and got, gotten a chance to be in alignment with my assignment to be the leader, to be the father I never had, to be the, the, the husband and be the example of love that I never had. And so I want you to think about this because your thoughts will control your life. Carl Jung said, you know, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will run our life and we'll continue to call it fate. And most people today, that's how they live their life. It's just, it's just the way it is. It's just what I was given. It's all it is. That's all I'll ever be. And I want you to to, to, to really consider this because John Maxwell talks about, you know, the law of the lid. If you have, you know, a level 10 uh, vision, but a level five thinking, you'll never get past a level five vision. You'll never create anything above a level five. Why? Because your thoughts will determine how you operate and how you operate determines how you, um, how you, what you get. And so, um, I want you to think about, um, the, the thought, they themselves are the maker of themselves by virtue of thoughts which they choose and encourage. So what thoughts are you encouraging today? What thoughts are you choosing uh, to, uh, to use today? Like when you go up for a promotion, what are you telling yourself? When you start a new endeavor, when you're going to change jobs, in your relationships, in your health, in your wealth creation, what are your thought process about that? Do you believe that, that, um, that, Poverty is your is is just the way you got to live, or do you believe that you can go and create a life and make as much money as you want? That there's endless amounts of opportunity out there. I used to think that you know they don't select people like me. That somebody like me can never get something like that. Like it's not just it's not in the cards. Maybe for you it's possible, but not for me. And I would look at that as it's just not. They they don't people like me don't get to things like that. I never thought it was possible for me to be a naval officer. I never thought it was possible for me to get on stage and speak in front of thousands of people. I never thought it was possible for me to start a podcast, to coach people. Like, who would want to listen to me? That's the thoughts that I had. And as a result, I would continue to play small. And so when we look at the creative process, I want to, I want to uh, give you this. I mean, again, you can download the PDF below, but the creative process starts with our thoughts. What we think about, we become about. Our thoughts are things, and if we think about it long enough, we will create it in our life, whether we like to or not. So let me ask you this. If I was to a- ask you this question, I usually ask this in the audience. The things that you tell yourself, would you tell that to your daughter or your son? Would you tell it to your wife? Would you tell it to somebody that you love? And 99.9% of the times people say, no, I would never tell somebody that I love the things that I tell myself. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Because that tells me that you don't love yourself. And if you were like me, love was always conditional. If you do this, then that. If you do this, then maybe you'll be worthy. And so therefore, everything that I did was conditional, not unconditional. How many of you know that we got to get to the point in our life where we have to love ourselves unconditionally? The, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, all of the bumps and bruises, all the ugliness that we have inside, all the things, mistakes, and failures that we did, all of that well, it should never, ever put a condition on our ability to love ourselves. And for me, for a long time, I didn't love myself. Therefore, I couldn't love other people. I didn't love myself. Therefore, I couldn't be loved. Because how many of you know 
that we can ever get what we do not already possess. Nobody can ever love you to the, to the level that, um, to, up to the level or past the level that you already love yourself. So in order for me to receive love, I had to love myself because somebody could tell me, Anthony, you're so amazing. You're so good. Like I believe in you, but I didn't believe in myself and I didn't think I was good enough. So therefore I didn't believe it. It was like, okay, whatever. Do you know how great you are? Yeah, it is what it is because I didn't believe myself. I didn't believe in myself. You see, so if you want more respect, then you have to first respect yourself. If you want more love, you have to first love yourself. If you want more trust, then you need to trust in yourself. Nobody will ever trust, love, respect, be more compassionate to the level that you are for yourself. And this creative process starts with thoughts. And so I want you to really take hold of the thoughts that you have about yourself. When you look in the mirror, do you love what you see? Are you proud of the person that's looking back? Because if I had to be honest, a lot of my success was driven because driven by the fact that I wanted people to be proud of me. If I would just, you know, continue to excel and achieve and do this, the unthinkable, then maybe I, somebody would say, man, I'm proud of you. Or, hey, you're good enough. Or you're worthy. Or maybe even better, I love you. And I never, ever got that. And it, was, it took for me to get to the point where I was able to look at myself and say, I'm proud of you. And many of you out there right now probably lack confidence in some area of life. And the reason we lack confidence is because we lack consistency. And the reason we lack consistency or we, we start things and never finish them is because somewhere our thought process throws us off course. And when it does, it's hard for us to get back on course. It's, ba- it's hard for us to get back on the horse and continue to ride because when we fail or when we fall, we don't have the right people around to help us get back up. Failure is not final until you quit. And I always tell people, you can fail, you can fall, but never fail to get back up. Because when you fail to get back up, that's true failure. After falling down, if you can't get back up or you refuse to get back up, then that's failure because you always have a choice to get up and get back in the game. Or you can sit on the sideline like the majority of people and be that critic, be that person who judges and criticizes people. And I'll tell you, I've never been criticized by somebody who's doing better than me. I have yet to see it. You'll never get criticized by somebody who's doing better than you. Why? Because the critics are always on the sideline while you're in the game putting in the reps. And if you stay in the game, you will score. It's just a fact of life. And so the first thought area of this creative process is your thoughts. Everything begins with your thinking. You can't defeat what you can't identify. So the first thing you need to do is identify those negative thoughts, that stinking thinking. You got to put it down on paper, take it out of your brain, put it on paper so you can see it for what it is. Now, once you have these thoughts and you hold them captive, you put them on trial, now it's time to interrogate them because those thoughts will drive your feelings. There's days where I don't feel like doing a podcast. There's days where I don't feel like going for a run. There's days where I don't feel like coming home and playing with my kids. It's just, it's just the way it is. I, I'm tired. But how many of you know that feelings aren't facts? And that just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you need to act a certain way. But if you entertain those feelings, they will turn into actions or inaction. And so the feelings are like the yellow lights on your car when your tire pressure is low. My wife, uh, her car, the, you know, the, the, the right tire was, or the left tire was, was low and it was blinking and flashing. It's like, oh, what is this? So what do I do? I see the yellow light. I push the information button and it comes up and it says, oh, this tire pressure is 29. It fell two uh, PSI uh, below the rest of the tire. So therefore it triggered a warning. That's the same thing with our feelings. When I wake up and I'm tired, I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. I'm tired. All right. I, did, I got six hours of sleep. Okay. 
Does that mean I don't go for a run? No. It means you get your ass up and go do it because what happens is that action mitigates all those negative feelings. Action always always mitigates fear, but it also mitigates that negative thought process. Anytime that I'm thinking negative, it's hard to feel bad about yourself when you're doing good. And when I feel like depressed or I feel like I don't want to, that's exactly, that that tells me, that's a trigger to tell me that that's exactly what I need to be doing. When I don't want to come home and, and be a present and loving father because I'm so tired, guess what? That's the trigger that says, get your ass out there and start playing with the kids. Get out there and give your kids some love. They, they haven't seen you all day. Oh, you don't feel like it. Good. That means you should be doing it. And if you can live your life and really program yourself to start doing the things you don't feel like doing when you know you should be doing them, that is the number one mindset that drives a skill set that can level the playing field no matter where you're playing at. I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the brightest crown in the box. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But what I do have is discipline and, and dedication. Like I, Nobody will ever outwork me. And if I don't know it, I will figure it out. And that's what's allowed me to continue to progress from enlisted to officer. Um, that's what's allowed me to have this sustained superior performance. That's what's allowed me to fulfill multiple roles on all levels, up, down, and around. That's what's allowed me to influence and impact people that are below me, people that are around me, and people that are above me. And I used to think that oh, it's, just, it's, it's just a lucky me. But when it started happening over and over and over again consistently across the board, then I realized it's not lucky me, that this is a gift that I've been given because I've been cultivating the skill set, because I have the mindset. And I don't let feelings drive my actions. My actions drive my feelings. Does that make sense? I want you to understand that your feelings, that's why you hear people say, I'm an emotional wreck. Why? Because feelings and emotions, if you let them take hold of your life and you don't grab them by the balls and, and take action, they will drive you off a cliff. That's why people stress eat and now they're 150 pounds overweight. That's why people get into these negative ruts and they can't get out because they're letting their feelings drive this inaction. So anytime that you don't feel like it, that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's how I live my day-to-day -day operation. I don't feel like it, good. That's what I should be doing. Oh, you don't feel like going to work out? Good, go do it. I don't feel like swimming? Good, go do it. I don't feel like saving money? Good, go do it. I don't feel like reading a book or you know, uh, meditating or praying or reading, reading scripture? Good, go do it. And now what you do is you literally, you flip the script. Because many of you are living on autopilot where you just let your feelings dictate how you show up. And so thoughts, feelings, and then the next one is action. So this is the creative process. Everything starts with a thought. It drives a feeling. That feeling drives an action or an inaction. Okay? The actions that you take will determine the results that you get. And so that, that creative process is thoughts, feelings, actions, and then results. And so... What I want you to, to think about with this creative process, so maybe you don't have the results that you want in life right now, okay? Maybe you're thinking like, okay, that's great, Anthony, but what if we don't have results? I would, I would have you consider that the life that you have right now, the circumstances and the situation you're in right now are the results that you, that you have created. And if you're not where you want to be in your health, your wealth, your relationships, or your mindset, I call it, there's, there's four M's that we use in Elite 360 Academy your mindset, your meaning, your movement, and your mission. Your mindset is everything that you allow to influence your thinking process. So mindset, meaning, movement, and mission, those are four pillars that we use, and then there's an input and output for each. So for example, mindset, I read the book, As a Man Thinketh, that's an input. 
my output is now I will journal or reflect on something that I took away from that, which is what I'm giving you in this podcast or my notes from when I, when I, when I read the book. So I, I read it, I put it in. My output is how does this apply to my life and how have I seen this play out? So I'm putting it down. That's an output. Another uh, input output could be reading daily scripture and then praying. Maybe it's meditation where you meditate and reflect on the day and all the good, the bad, the ugly, and how you can change and make tomorrow better. If you're sitting around watching the news and you have CNN or Fox or whatever the hell that goes on out there, right? Or you're scrolling on social media and you're seeing all these people with, you know, fit bodies and they're on steroids and you're looking here like, man, I'm hundred pounds overweight. And I can't get to where I want to be. It must be nice to be them. Not knowing that they're full of shit. Then now you're competing and comparing. Now you're depressed. But whatever you put in, you will put out. So if you're watching negative and, 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 and things that aren't serving you, you're going to put out negative into the world because now your thought process are being controlled by somebody else. So that's mindset. Meaning is your meaningful relationship. This is uh, how you show up for those you lead and those you love. So an input for there might be a gratitude journal. I'm going to be grateful for one person today in my life. And then that output is I'm going to text them or I'm going to call them or I'm going to tell them how much they mean to me. And so inputs and outputs for meaning. Your movement is your physical body. This is your health. What do you put it into your body so that you can put out in the gym? You can put out on that run. You can put out on that swim, that bike, whatever it is that you do, whatever you put in will determine how you put out. And then the last one is um, a, a mission, okay? What are you creating that's bigger than yourself? What are you doing to help other people, to influence and impact other people so that you can leave a legacy, and so those are kind of the four areas that I want you to start thinking about because your thoughts and how you operate in those four areas will allow you to have this so-called balance. And it's not really balanced, but it allows you to have harmony. Most importantly, it allows you to have control in your life because every time that I do something that's out of my control, the way that I'm able to control uh, the situation is by controlling myself. And if I can focus on what I can control, then no longer is my life chaotic. But most people live in this, 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 this realm of chaos because they don't have self-control. That's the first you know, set of control that you need to have is control of yourself. Because if you can control yourself, if I can control me, then I can control the situation. And as you know, a nurse who's been you know, in situations where I had to save people's life, I've seen it get out of control. And I had to realize that I have to control me. I can't control what's going on over there, but I can control how I show up. And if I can control me, then I can control the outcome. Remember, the inside always precedes the outside. The mindset always precedes the skill set. The inside influences the outside. And so your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and your results. So what results do you have? What results do you want? And if you know what results you want, then you can reverse engineer it. If I, if I want to have 10% body fat and I want to start eating well, that's the result, then what actions do I need to take? Well, I need to go grocery shopping. I need to clean out all the junk out of my cabinets. I need to put away the ice cream. I need to stop drinking. I need to start drinking more water. I need to go to the gym four days a week. And then you go back to the feelings. What are the feelings around that? Well, I don't, I don't like going to the gym. So, okay, go for a walk. Go for a run. I don't feel like eating good. Well, how about if you get rid of it, you have no choice. You start meal prepping, guess what? You don't let your emotions drive you on what you eat and what you don't eat. If you get rid of the alcohol, guess what? You, don't have, you can't drink. Because then you go back, okay, what are my thoughts around this? Well, for a long time, I saw myself as somebody who's ugly. And therefore, I didn't take care of myself. I didn't love myself. So therefore, I didn't you know, nurture my body and, and feed my body right. I bet you if you have a BMW or a Mercedes, you're not putting in regular gas in there, are you? 
Why? Because you value it because it's expensive. And so what do you do? You put the premium in there. Same thing goes for your body. If you value and, and love yourself, then guess what? You're going to put premium food in there and you're going to fuel your body right because if not, it's going to break down just like a car. It's as simple as that. How do you look at your marriage? Do you value your marriage? Because if you do, then you're going to fight for those results to have a fruitful marriage. But if you have negative thoughts around relationships, if you have feelings of resentment towards your spouse, then guess what? You're going to self-sabotage that, and you probably will end up in a divorce. How do you, how do you, um, what results do you have in your mindset? Do you have resilient, a resilient mindset? Do you have a mindset that's focused on serving, that's of service and not selfishness? Is it always about me, 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 or is it about we, we, we? What can we do? What can we do to be better? And if you look at your mindset and look at the results that you have that you fold under any kind of pressure, then you might need to go back and think about the thoughts that you have about um, adversity, thoughts that you have about um, being resilient. So you see, this creative process allows us to, to look at these four areas, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our results, and look at where we are. And then if we don't like where we are, then we reverse engineer it. The results, reverse engineer it to the thoughts that we have tied to those results because your belief will always drive your behavior. Now, this is the creative process. As we bring this thing in for a landing, I want you to be aware of the recreative process. I want you to look at your life right now and ask yourself, where am I recreating the things that I was given? For example, I told you, you know, my dad, you know, he's a drug addict and he ran from his problems. He, he's, he's still out there somewhere doing what he does. It would have been easy for me to say, you know what? The reason why I'm a drug addict is because my dad does drugs. It's just the way it is. You know, my dad was abusive. Hey, you know what? That's like me saying, I, I, got, I got a free ticket to go, you know, abuse my wife and kids because that's what my dad did. Oh, my mom, she struggled with depression and anxiety. So now I'm just going to play the victim and just struggle with depression and anxiety. Now, it, I know it's a real thing and mental health is a real problem today, but I choose not to entertain that. There's days where I wake up and I feel depressed. There's days where I wake up and I feel anxious, but I don't let it cripple me to the point where I, I miss out on the fruitful things and the things that I'm grateful for in life. I don't sit there and play the victim. It's like, oh, it's just depression today. I don't feel, I feel depressed. Every time that I feel depressed, I'll tell you what, that's when I go out there and, and double down on what I can control. I go on longer runs. I spend more time with my kids. I write in my gratitude, in my journal, like what I'm grateful for. I remind myself, I remind my mind of how much God has given me and how, how grateful I am for the things that I have, all the blessings. And all the blessings, if I laid them out on the table, they, they, they outweigh all the burdens. Because just like you, nobody's immune to problems. I got them too. But if I sit there and play the victim and I allow them to bury me, it's going to be very hard to see what's in front of me, right? And so I want you to consider uh, looking at this creative process and how you can apply it to your life. Again, there's a PDF down below. I encourage you to download it. And that'll also put you on the list for our, our, our masterclass. If you like this, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to deep dive into this whole book uh, for four weeks with a group of individuals. So you'll have accountability. You'll have community. You'll have resources and you'll have action plan to apply these to your life so that you can start changing the way you think so that you can get different results. And if you have good results, make them great. If you have great results, make them even better. There's always room for improvement, no matter what level you're playing at. And I look forward to seeing you. So download your PDF and thank you for joining the show today. I'll see you next time.